0: Another episode of Forging Brains podcast. I'm Riley Patrick with my co-host Gavin Cooper. Today we got a cool guest for all the way from Arkansas right into your ears. We got Tim Hoover, also known as Hooter.
1: Thanks hello Hooter for joining us. Hello, hello. <laughs> How you boys doing? <laughs> doing good. Doing man. well, How about man. Yourself? Oh man, just lovely. Just come off the golf course and. uh...
2: A couple of rounds of golf today, huh?
1: Yeah, we got a men's league here and uh they play your handicap and all, and, which is good cuz I didn't do very good other than a handicap. <laughs>
0: what is th- what does that mean? I am I have no idea about golf besides that you get a cart and you get some
1: beer, and you just to smash some stuff. That's pretty much <laughs> it. And if you don't smash it very good, your <laughs> handicap's pretty high. And when you play in a league, they'll like give you strokes. And it's almost like cheating, but Oh yeah. You know so like out. it's like you get extra hits you, well you get extra points like less points so so today my handicap was eight and i shot eight over par so i shot even par par is even so
2: yeah is so it like 76
1: or is it 82 uh, 72 72 it's but, like
0: you guys are speaking a different fucking language right <laughs>
1: I, <laughs> I didn't know it when I was y'all's age either. You got to wait <sighs> till you get, but you ought to take it up. It's like way fun. You ride around in a little buggy and drink beer and get you some friends. It's one of the
2: one of the sports where it's really like peaceful, enjoyable, but it's also one of the most frustrating sports as well because
1: yes. like you want to do well and it's just so frustrating. Yes, but it's not peaceful where I play. Yeah. I do a lot of hollering and hooting and carrying on get Quite pissed off
2: problem. when the ball goes
1: off in the woods or whatever oh yeah like, but God damn. you can't you so can't it's pretty hard. hard it's very hard it don't seem like it ought to be it's t-ball nobody's throwing a <laughs> ball at you ought to be able to just <laughs> it and go right down the fairway but uh yeah it's crazy it's, yeah yeah it's crazy <laughs> you do anyhow. a bunch of golfing then do what
0: you do a bunch of golfing right now then
1: uh, well a fair amount not as much as i want but probably as much as i need to yeah yeah.
0: No, I I heard one time that you were like, weren't you like a president of the country club or something like that?
1: I was the vice president. So back then, no. that's when Obama was president. I was like to Joe Biden, they wouldn't listen to nothing <laughs> I say, but I just mouth stuff off, and they said, "Well, that's just old Tim." You know, <laughs> I'm still on the board. I'm over the bar committee. If you can imagine, that's a good idea. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, but that's what I do. No, it's not.
2: <laughs> It's a job, I tried tunnel, I to quit.
1: One, I tried to quit one time, and I asked old Pops, I said, can you get off this off this uh, board? He looked at me and said, well, not if you can weld. You know, oh. so I can weld so I can, <laughs> they won't let me quit. Not many people at the country club are welders. Oh, you know, I bet. Yeah. Is
0: this your, like, typical country club, or?
1: No, no. But all country clubs would be this way if I was in them. Oh, I tend to have yeah. that. I tend to have that ability to kind of, you know, it's just me, you know. But you, you don't come off as a
0: guy like that would be hanging out at a country club a
1: whole bunch. Me? Yeah. Oh, you're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well.
0: You're a <like>, horseshoer, like.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's how I know. Like, if I meet somebody and I'm not sure where I met them from, if they call me Hooter, I know. Well, they're probably a horseshoer or something. If they call me uh-huh. Shoe. I'm probably from the golf course, because that's what they call me there, because I shoe horses. Oh. Do y'all know Dalton Thompson? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, well, Dalton comes down and plays with me, and he wears funny socks, so they call him Socks. So we (laughs) partner up and wear socks and shoes. (laughs) Oh, socks and shoes. (laughs) Yeah, he came down last weekend. We played in a tournament. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. He comes down a lot. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He lives in Missouri, and I live almost to Louisiana. He drives way down here and plays. How far uh, a
2: drive is that for him? Uh, well,
1: well, I think it's about five hours. Shoot. Come down Just and spend play a
2: couple weekend. rounds
1: of golf. Well, we do some other stuff. We made tongs and stuff, you know. And Oh, that's right. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. So,
0: you got Shoe and you got Hooter. How did you get Hooter?
1: Oh, Where would that well. nickname come <laughs> from? Well, that came from a long time ago. Uh, it's actually... In this part of the world, that's not that uncommon a name. and Oh. And, yeah. So if you have something that you, you want to say, hey, I got this, but you don't want to say what it is, you can just say, well, that's a hooter. Like hmm. something like a thingamajig? Would, well, or, or something. Like girls have hooters.
2: I know that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And, and like back in the day when people would – do uh, them left-handed cigarettes they call them hooter every now and then uh, and then like what happened to me is okay <laughs> yeah i know this is actually i wasn't going to tell this on the air because i oh that's the first mopstick. thing i wanted to ask <laughs> that. i've there been curious go. as well so back when i was a young fella i rode bucking horses bareback horses and i was mm-hmm. down in fountain hill arkansas and the rodeo producer was mr wiley he was I'm not sure how old Mr. Wiley is. I was young, so I thought he was 80. But he lived for another 30 years after that, so he probably wasn't 80. But uh, And his wife was sitting there. And, and I got off. I was on this bucking horse and dislocated. I mean, not dislocated. I, I come off of him wrong, and he stepped on my hiney, my arch. No. So I come back. I was limping back, and some, one of my buddies said, You all right? I said, Oh, that some gun stepped on my – and I was going to say – arse you know. But Miss Wiley was sitting there, like right there. I said mm. I said, He stepped on my Hooter. And swear to God, that's that's been my nickname for probably forty years almost. <laughs> Thirty five years. ever since. Eh? <laughs> oh, it's stupid. I mean that's all it was. Got stepped on my army one time <laughs> with a horse and they call me Hooter. And <laughs> not many people even know my real name. It's stupid. But it is what it is.
2: I didn't the, know it for a long time until I saw you on Facebook.
1: Well, there you go.
0: I still forget it. The other day, I was just like looking up your profile to see like where you're from and everything. Yeah. And it was like trying to like make sure that i had the right place. And I typed in Tim Hooter, and I they, like wasn't finding you. Was, like, well, <laughs> no, that's weird. not really my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's>, like, <laughs> then it came to me. I was like,
1: oh yeah, he's got another name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it is convenient. It is
0: convenient that that it's so close to your. Your last
1: name? Yeah. Yeah, but it's just a fluke. It really had nothing to do with my name. Just more just with my ass, you know.
2: <laughs> swift kick in the ass gave you the name of who Yes. Yeah. Well,
1: I, he stomped on me. It wasn't just a swift kick. I mean, I, I took one for, Took one for the team. You know, did about a Got your a ass stomped. Yes, I did. Which was common back in them days. So, did you grow up around
0: ho- riding horses and rodeo? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I had horses when I was younger and stuff and whatnot and uh you know i didn't when i was real young but then then i got a horse when i was probably about oh probably about 14 and uh then i was after him ever since
2: now how'd you yeah. get into like riding bucking horses then
1: well i'm you know why would you not right yeah <laughs> you know i can think, think of a kind lot of, of reasons oh really well i, I, got <laughs> out, I, I quit riding bucking horses because uh there wasn't anywhere to practice, so I'd go to the practice pens, and they had bulls there. I said, "Well, shit, I want to ride a bull. Then I might well get on that." And so I started yep. riding bulls, and that's a lot more common. I did that for a long time. Uh, wasn't better. Yeah, I got, better.
2: got into yeah. riding bareback horses when I was younger as well, about like yeah. fifteen years old, and uh, did it for quite a few years as well. It was a lot of fun, but yeah, well, takes a wear and tear on the body.
1: Well, I don't know. I rode bulls. I, I guess the last one I got on, I was thirty-five
2: holy broke, smokes!
1: yeah he broke my collarbone well he didn't break my collarbone <laughs> on the ground broke my collarbone and uh yeah because i was relocating myself from the bull to the ground and he, he helped too much <laughs> landing on my head <laughs> on my shoulder and well that's hard to shoot horses with a broke collarbone
2: no i can only imagine
1: yes yeah. yeah, so, how often,
0: yeah. how often were you getting on
1: oh pretty regular you know i rode at 35 years bike. old Well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, weekly or whatever, not quite weekly, but, you know, rode amateur bulls and stuff. I didn't ever make any big time. Mostly what I did was I'd get on and nod my head and ride for six seconds and come off and drag around behind them. You know, I was a crowd (laughs) player. Yeah,
2: Yeah, that's what everybody came to see, really.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd drag around, (laughs) you know, wave to the crowd. (laughs) Just Just taking a beating. Oh, one time I hung up so bad, I swear I heard the announcer say, "Oh, we got good cokes and popcorn at the convenience store. that's gonna take a little bit."
2: <laughs> oh, that is the worst feeling in the world too, being oh, hung up.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a thing though. Yes, it's part of it. I guess. So that's you how, were you doing
0: like the typical like shoeing some horses to pay for your rodeo bill?
1: No, no. I mean, I just rodeo and I. I didn't make a living rodeo. I didn't ever make any money rodeoing to speak of. So, you know, I uh, – well, at that time, I was uh, making my living chewing horses.
2: and Yeah.
1: You know. Uh, so,
2: so it was more of a hobby for you at that point then. Bull
1: riding? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was a crazy obsession, about like heroin or something, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I, I couldn't stop it till I had to.
2: Try and go and pick up some chicks at the fair and rodeo and on to the next one.
1: Well, I, I've been married most of my life, so I never really did any good picking up chicks. So I've been Guess married not then. Time. No, no, that would not if you're the guy that's dragging around, getting your clothes stomped off, you're not really the one that pretty girls want to hang out with that much anyway, you know? Yeah, that's
2: probably about right.
1: Yeah, yeah. but it's what old Hooter did.
0: <laughs> so what age did you start shoeing horses at?
1: Well, actually when, when I was very young, I was 16 and, uh, Didn't have no money, and had a horse. And I had an uncle that had shod uh, a little bit. And I called him and asked him to come help me shoe my horse. And he come and shod the right-hand side of it. And then he said, now, and he told me what he was doing. He said, now, was you paying attention? I said, yes, sir. And he got away. He said, well, here's my tools now. Don't call me no more. Well, I had to shoe the other side because he didn't shoe the front or the back. He shod one side of my horse. So... That's what launched my career. And that's all the information I had for quite a long time. I didn't know nothing. It was terrible, terrible.
2: You just got to see him shoot one side of the horse and then. Yes,
1: yes. And then I went to him. It was awful. Yeah. My it used, goodness. used to take me two days to shoot my horse, and it wasn't consecutive either. I'd shoot <laughs> part of him, and then I'd have to take a like maybe a day or two off. I'm sure my horse went to horse heaven because I, I don't know. He never got crippled or he never limped. Or I never cared. One or the other. I don't know, but bless his heart. That's how <laughs> that I started my world. <laughs> yeah. What
0: yeah. like was that? How long did that education last? Of you just doing it out oh, of quite a while. That you had, had to? Yeah,
1: no, I just did it, and then I started doing for the public, and I was doing better than the old guys around here that were shoeing. They said, "Well, yours looks better than theirs." I'm like, "Well." okay wow and so i had up to then
0: had you just been doing your just yours
1: yeah i mean like i didn't have any learning or nothing i just i'm actually the person that you hate the most in the horseshoeing world that's who i was and uh and then i was i don't know i'd been doing it for quite a while i was older and, and uh i i saw on the af on the it was on the western horseman it said what your farrier should know And so I wrote them a letter and applied for the little pamphlet, and they sent it to me, and they had this, the AFA sent it to me. said, what you should know, and it had all this list of stuff. Well, I didn't know none of it. I was like, oh, my God. And I've been shooing horses for money, and people were paying me and happy. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if they were happy, but, you know, they paid me. And so then I I felt real bad, so I kind of slowed way down. And uh, I was working I used to be a welder. I was a pipe welder, and I did iron work and stuff like that for like the first 10 years of my life, and I shod a little bit on the side, mostly worked construction. So you couldn't get a big business built because you, you were traveling and whatnot. And then I came back. I was living all over south Arkansas, and I moved back to Hope, and there was a man that lived like three blocks from me and had a horseshoe and trailer, and his name was Monty Malone. it said... Corrective and specially shoeing. I said, well, that's what I need to know. Maybe he knows some of this other stuff. So mm-hmm. I just walked down there and introduced myself and told him, you know, I had a pretty good job and I didn't really need no money, but I'd like to work with him. And and then I started getting a little bit of learning. You know, he was a pretty good shooer. And so I worked with him for quite a while. And uh, at this point in my life, I'd never met a man who made a living shoeing horses. And I was, you know, I I was on up there pretty old, and uh, I was probably uh, 26 or 7 years old, and never even met anybody shot horses for a living, or right. if I met them, I didn't know that's what they did. You yeah, know. I know y'all talked to Caleb here a while back, Caleb Payton. Yep. yep. And so he kind of told you about how this part of the world is, as far as, you know, there's not a lot of money here, you know. Yeah. yeah. There's a little more money here than where Caleb lives. But, uh, anyway, I worked with Monty part-time and worked for Brown and Root the rest of the time and did that. And when I got laid what? off for of Brown and Root, I got a – if you didn't quit and you got laid off, they would give you gave you this – I don't remember what they called it, some kind of incentive check. And I bought me a forge. Oh, boy. And I was off and running in. Didn't know what to oh, do Oh yeah. With oh, yeah, but I was after it. <laughs>
0: What type, what type of like construction were you guys doing? Were you guys building structures or it, doing like Yeah, no, stuff?
1: like, so, well, worked in plants. So like paper okay, mills yeah. and stuff, chemical yep. mills, oil refineries, that kind of stuff. I, yeah, mean, building, I never really did the pipeline buildings. and stuff. Well, mostly the, the, the stuff that made it a plant run and stuff, sometimes yeah. the buildings, but a lot of the piping and, uh, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of piping in places. Which, right
0: and do, oh yeah that's I, I got quite a few buddies around here that's what they do for yeah. a living. and they yeah so you were traveling a bunch probably like is that why were you, so you were probably searching for something else
1: well i mean i i, I wasn't really but then you know I, I, if you if you work construction you get laid off yeah. you know sometime mm-hmm. during you don't do that all the time and no. then yeah and then they you know it's not the best job sometimes you know i mean our job's not always the best job but they don't normally pour acid on you or hazardous waste or you know <laughs> stuff like chlorine gas we i've not got any chlorine gas since i've been a horse year, you know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's been that, good. that kind of makes for a bad day when you fall out because you've been breathing some chlorine gas you know which is common in the industrial stuff i bet more common than you think I mean, it probably is not that much now, but back then, in the 80s and stuff, oh, they would, they it was all kind of disposable, fellas, you know?
2: What do you they know? even use the chlorinated gas for?
1: Oh, chlorine and stuff. They, they like, that's why paper's white.
2: Oh, okay. Trees
1: are not white. Trees are brown. Right. And they use chlorine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, surprise. Yeah, use, surprise. <laughs> you know, that's how chlorine, that's how paper gets white. So they yep, use chlorine. Yeah, okay. But they had all kind of chemicals for all kind of stuff. And
2: anyway. You speak like uh, you've had it poured on you before. Gas, Black, yeah, so. yeah. And I've had PC burn? Huh? Did it burn?
1: Bull, huh? Did oh, it you burn? Like- well, you fall out. And it, <laughs> like you breathe it. It's a gas. Oh, it's, not, it's not like a liquid. I mean, it's a liquid oh, okay. somewhere, but it, then it when it leaks out, it's a gas. And Like you passed out. Well, no, you just fall out on the ground, and then you get up. But if you get very much of it, you get pneumonia. Like. My buddy got oh, pneumonia sick. one day, like, and it happens oh. like, say five minutes, you know, he won't, it doesn't take long.
2: Pneumonia that quick. Boom.
1: Yeah. It's like chemical mo- pneumonia. It's not, it's not normal pneumonia. Not because yeah. it wasn't that cold. He he just breathed that <laughs> chlorine in there and it got fluid all over It does lungs. not sound fun. Oh no, it's not great. But you know, I mean, it's not a, other than that, nobody was kicking you then. Other than right. that, it was freaking Other great. than that, it was <laughs> great. There's all these
0: tight spots. You slept in yeah, a hotel yeah, every yeah. night. Like,
1: was... Yeah, but I can weld stainless pipes, so that was really cool because <laughs> I could TIG weld, and boy, that looks pretty. Y'all seen that oh, before? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, stack yeah, stacking dimes?
2: <laughs> no, it's
1: not stacking dimes. That's... that's. are you weaving? You, you know, you, you do the... the you, you walk the cup. You know? Yeah, it's a weave. Oh, okay. Oh... Boy, yeah, you can, you can make it shine, buddy.
0: How long, how long did that take you to learn?
1: Uh, it took a little while. I went to welding school, and they don't teach, they didn't teach that in my welding school. So when I got out of welding school, and uh like about eighty-four, I went over to Cross at Arkansas, which is the other side of the state, and they had a big job there for Brown and Root, which is a big construction company. Now I told them I was a, a welder at the deal and they said, "Um, no, you're not a welder. They said, we have welders. You're not a welder. And (laughs) I said, well, I went to welding school and they said, yeah, you're not a welder. I said, well, okay. I, I said, but I need a job. They said, you're a rod buster. That's what you are. I said, well. And they said, you're not really a rod buster. You're a rod buster's helper. That's what you'll be. Well, I needed a job, so... I thought a rod buster carried rods maybe for the welders, right?
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's not right. Rod (laughs) busters carry rebar, like for the concrete. Well, they tie the rebar, you know, put it in the right spots and stuff. Yep. And if you're a rod buster's helper, you carry rebar. And back in the 80s, you didn't even carry rebar. You punked it. That's what they say. Punk that rod over here, boy. Oh, they was not. <laughs> yes, it was back before all this political stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you punk rods. That's what they called it, <laughs> punking rods. Yeah, that's not welding or toting rods for a welder. <laughs> it was, Like big rebar. Like some of it was like that big around, you know. And, Shit, uh, like boy.
0: three-quarter inch stuff.
1: Yes, number 10s and 12s and stuff. Stout. But, you know.
0: How how long were you punking rebar until you they started letting you weld?
1: Well... So after the rebar, that's like the concrete guys, right? This was a big shutdown. They were putting a machine in, a paper machine. Y'all seen paper mills? Yep. Have y'all seen paper? Mills? They're huge yeah. things. So yeah, we had to put a big machine. Warehouses all in. over here. Yes, I figure so. So the concrete part is the first part to get done, right? Mm-hmm. So I got laid off, and there was a time in my deal there, my 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 rebar forming. Boy, he liked to work. He was a fun guy to be around. He'd holler and sh- sing and stuff. And I'd see these guys in, in a company like Brown and Root. Everybody's got different hats, hard hats, different colors. So they could tell what, what <laughs> you your craft, craft was by, by the color of your hat. And like the, the, the concrete guys or the rebar guys and the carpenters was blue. The electricians was yellow. Like the iron workers was red. And then there's these guys wearing green hats. That they didn't seem to do nothing, and I told I Larry, I said, "What are them green hat guys?" I said, "All they're doing is standing around telling jokes and eating sandwiches." He said, "Oh, that's that pipe trash. You don't want to be around them guys. They don't work. They no good." I was like, "Well, I'm toting rods around. You know, I'm like, well, looks pretty good to me. You know, hell
2: of <laughs> lot easier than
1: this." Yes, I was about like nineteen, you know. <clears throat> anyway, so I got they come to me and they said, "Well, the the rebar part is done." So you can get laid off or you can pick another craft and go be a helper. I was a helper, so it didn't matter what, you know, they didn't care where I went. Yep. And I said, well, what's my options? And they, they rattled off a few things. They said, or you can be in the pipe crew. I said, oh, the green hat guys. They said, yeah, you can be a green hat helper. I was like, oh, well, all I got to <laughs> do is help tote that boy's lunchbox to them. They don't do no work. Larry done told me. So I said, I'll be in the pipe. So I got in the pipe crew. <laughs> well, I found out that was incorrect. What? what why them other guys was standing around, Because the helpers was crawling around up there with come-alongs and stuff, dragging all that pipe through the racks and working like a Hebrew slave. <laughs> it was terrible. I said, "Well, I wish I tied rebar. This is way hard."
2: <laughs>
1: but anyway, like I had a so we had a good welder, and uh, I could weld like with a stick wad, but I couldn't TIG weld. And mm-hmm. he would let me use his rig and his hood at lunchtime and kind of show me how to do the TIG welding. And I did that for a while, and then I got laid off, and then I worked other jobs, and I did a little bit of TIG welding along. It took a, a, quite a while to pick that up, maybe a couple yeah. years. But once I got it, boy, it's gone in. So no more three-bar.
2: <laughs> that's something i've wanted to learn how to do for quite a long time well, come on down buddy i can show you all right
1: i can show you just takes walk a couple of years <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. if, if you have some, it just it just takes you know like the right it's not really that hard complicated it's just you just got to learn how to do it you know
2: yep hand-eye right. coordination
1: well you walk the cup it's like rolling a barrel you yep. put the actual cup on the deal and roll it and just go okay yeah. And then just when you're done, it's all pretty. You're like, oh boy, who's a welder? <laughs> <laughs> Look at me go. <laughs> yeah. Mo Carpenter guy comes walking by and said golly, that's pretty. Well, that makes you proud. You know, just like somebody looking at your foot and it's all nice and shiny and pretty. And like, boy, that looks good. You said, does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> right. You don't you're care right. if you speak English, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he likes your pretty work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, when you came
0: home and you met, I, I forget, Monty. Mosby? Is that? Monty. Monty Mosby. Yeah, so Mon- Monty Malone. Monty Malone. I was way up. Yeah. Off. So, when you met <laughs> when you met Monty, was he shooting for a living?
1: No, no. He didn't even. He shot, and he, he was a carpenter. He just shot Ooh. part-time. And uh, I'd shot for him for about a year on the weekends and stuff. We were just working four days a week most of the time with the construction. And then Arkansas used to have the biggest open horseshoe horse show in the world, called the State Show. And so okay. one one right at, I've been with him for quite a while, I said, "Well, I think I'm going to go up to that State Show and make a fortune shoeing horses up there." And so how'd that go? Well, not too good, you know. And I get <laughs> up there and I met all these other horseshoers. There's a bunch of them set up. They, they set up in the the swine barn of all places, you know. They they let us set up there. And I oh, met boy. some guys that that shod horses, and some of them made a living at it. And I met this guy named Larry Pierce, and he was mean to me right off the bat. He said, "He said you wanna you wanna help me with this horse?" I said, "Yes, sir." And so I run over and was gonna cut the clinches, you know, and started rasping it, and he he started hollering at me. And Apparently, I wasn't doing it right. He called me a stupid son of a bitch and all that, and <laughs> I'm like, "Well, well, all right." And anyway then I got to be his <laughs> apprentice for a couple of years. <laughs> he was real You neat wanted
2: though. to work after yeah, he gets called done calling you a stupid son bitch and then you're all like, that? all right, I'll work for you."
1: If you if you get your name by getting your ass stomped on, you're pretty tough. You mm-hmm. used to being abused, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so so yeah, by the time I met Craig and him, I was well buffered. Didn't it bother me a bit all that stuff he says. <laughs> yeah.
2: I suppose being in a work around carrying rebar for them kind of guys. Yeah, you know, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And then re- the rod busters, boy, they get on to you too. Call you pumps yeah. and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, Larry was he was he was not the nicest fella ever, but he was a good horseshoe. And, yeah, uh, he showed me a lot of stuff. And Is that worked. when
0: you started seeing stuff like stuff in the fo- getting forged?
1: Yeah, yeah. Monty did a little bit of forging, but uh, he had this forge. It was an old mankle, and it and mm-hmm. it had a blower on it and uh yeah and it, he would pull a clip every now and then or do a little something but he didn't do much forging larry did did some forging and uh made a few shoes and stuff like that but you know did a lot of extended heels and some rocker toes and, but yeah. he stressed the importance of it because he wanted you he said you need to separate yourself from all these wackantakers you know Right. Was
2: like, was he an advocate for like certification or anything like that? Or well, he
1: kind of was, yeah, yeah. So he, uh, you know, yeah, he was, he was kind of was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of was, but kind
0: it kind of <laughs> wasn't. Well, yeah. well,
1: he got it certified, and then he didn't do real good on his journeyman. So he said, "Well, you don't really need that." And Yo, like, oh yeah. Well, <laughs> well heard that do before. Was, you know, kind of mm-hmm. do, <laughs> kind of do. But uh,
2: (laughs) what kind of? I'm guessing you went down the path and through the certification and stuff. What kind of led you down that trail to try to seek that out?
1: Well, so when I was working construction, like I said, I started out as a helper, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and in the big companies, you got levels of helper. I was a third class helper, and third class is the bottom, right? That you just—it's
2: like like an an airplane, huh? It's like an airplane. Oh yeah. Yeah, first class. You want to sit there.
1: Yeah. No, this is third class. And then you get to second class, and then first class. Then you get to be a journeyman. So the journeyman situation, I had been around that. I grew up, or you know, not grew up like little, but once in my working life, I grew up around that, and and I knew how they treated people, right? Like if you're a journey, two journeymen could talk about something, and they were, there was a conversation, and then if they were talking to a helper. There was another kind of way they talked to you. It was very, uh, like a caste system almost, more so than horseshoeing, but not really. And the first clinic I ever went to, I went down into Shreveport with uh, I went with Monty, and we went to Emerson Horseshoe Supply. Y'all ever heard of them? Yeah. The Emerson animals? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. And I, the first day I was there, they were they were like these journeyman guys were kind of doing it. And I noticed, I said, oh, well, I tried to say something, but I was a, not a journeyman or a certified or nothing, and, and they s- treated me like I was a third-class helper. Not, not, not being mean, that's just I, I could see my place in the world right off the bat. Yeah. Because I was in this other world that was exactly like that. And I said, well, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to be a journeyman. That way I can say what I'm going to say and people have to listen. You don't have to pay attention, but they can't just blow you off because you're just some guy that don't know nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I started on that career pretty quick, you know. Took a long time. How What's long that? did it take you? Well, like, I got my certified pretty quick. That was in, like, in the early 90s. And then uh, I think it was uh, 98 before I got to be a – is it 98? Hold on, I'll look. i mean.
2: gonna go take a look find out when he became a journeyman (laughs) yes 98
1: 98 98. well the reason i can tell is because i got this plaque because i did the best on a practical score that year
2: oh what'd you score you remember
1: no i didn't even know there was keeping up with it oh (laughs) i I didn't even know there was a convention really they sent me that in the mail i said well ain't that special i've won something (laughs) yeah <laughs> it's a special award yeah i got a special award and it wasn't i didn't have to wear no hard hat or nothing a little you know like a, on a short bus that special yeah <laughs> that's most of the awards i usually got
0: <laughs> why what took so long to get the journeyman was there like something Be, holding you up or just yes yes life?
1: because because in my regular field i knew the difference between a first class helper and a journeyman Okay. And in my horseshoeing career, I knew what a journeyman was, and I, I waited till I knew I was a journeyman. When I went and take, took the test, it, if I didn't pass it, I knew I was a journeyman, and I just made a mistake or two, but I was at journeyman level. So, like pipe welding, you go take a when you go to be a pipe welder you go on a job where they test you like right Mm -hmm. there before you hire in you got to pay pass a test and you could be a journeyman pipe welder and mess up a test you know that's that they always had a saying the only guy never broke a test out was somebody who lies or somebody who only ever took one of them you know so Mm. like you you could have some problems one day but didn't mean you wasn't a journeyman you'd make it better the other day. When I went and took my journeyman test, I knew I was a journeyman, And uh, it turned out I passed it. But if I wouldn't have passed it, I wouldn't have been discouraged, none. I just would have said, well, I, I made this mistake, but I could have went again pretty quick and, you know, not made that mistake or two. And, but.
2: So it was almost like you wanted to feel 100% confident oh, 100%. in yourself yeah, that you were ready for I didn't, want to, I didn't for.
1: want to show up there. I never was that guy that show up and not be able to complete the work. Yeah.
0: and were you working with other guys that were like looking yes, yes, at your work too? Yeah, so yeah, you know,
1: you yeah. Once I got I got with Larry and, and got got on and and I got around other people and learned some stuff and you know I went to clinics and whatnot and I was progressing on and you know and I wasn't in a big hurry because I, I just wanted to be ready when I went and tested and and the whole yeah. deal was and it's still now most people go test and they're not ready for the test. That's yeah, why yeah. most people fail. And I hear it all the time. They like, well, I passed my certified. So I took the German. Well, you're not a German. Why would you have done that? Well, I just want to see, well, <laughs> how you feel now? You know, I mean, <laughs>
2: <laughs> underprepared.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it, it is stresses the system out, you know, it's like, we, well, you're going to test and you know, you're not ready. You know, that's why I never really was a tester. Cause like I don't, I don't do. Re- I don't have a good bedside manner when it comes to that. If somebody comes and they just made a mistake or something, they've been prepared and they've been working hard. Well, that's one thing. But if they show up and that's like their second bar shoe they ever made, you're like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be nice to you. You, you know, yeah. I made hundreds true. of these. You know, why I gotta be nice to you? You didn't got no try. And yeah. you know. And then I'm talking about I grew up punking rods, you know, reborn. <laughs> so I don't, you know, I mean, I didn't come from a nice way. Right. Yeah. It's you know, it's the
2: hard thing with social media these days. You know, it's somebody posts something on there, and then like it's not up to standards or whatever, and somebody tries to give them criticism, and then they think you're, oh punking yeah, them or whatever. oh you hurt them, yeah, but yeah,
1: you, you know, that's not the way to do it. You just, I mean, it, it's a thing, but it's not a good thing not much i mean you can see a lot of stuff and whatnot and it's cool but you really ought to be with real life people doing stuff yeah you know? I think. yeah yep. real
0: life people but it's also it's like i think some of these guys posting this shit it's shit and they post it just because they like somebody will give me a pat on the back oh
1: yeah yeah there's yeah. always that you know yeah but Absolutely. And I think that's
0: why they go to go and take the test. Is like they they get done, and like, cause there's a couple people that are be there, and be like, yeah, but good job for trying, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good job. Like you're here, though. You beat everybody yeah. that didn't come. Yeah, that's <laughs> not, that's, I know that's the thing that's we better always to say to contest, That's
1: not really a, 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 a. If you're going to take a test, you should be, you know, a, a little bit prepared. You should, you know, yeah. if you if like a horseshoe
2: contest as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, if you show up the first time and you're not, when you show back up, you should be way better prepared. You shouldn't mm-hmm. just go from, you know, Denver or somewhere to Texas somewhere and just take the test the next week. You didn't do anything. You didn't practice. But yeah. you can't say that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm saying it here. in Hello, world. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. We, we say those things. Not a that's the
2: and way we, we like it around here.
1: My buddy Dusty. <laughs> Franklin, y'all know Dusty. I'm sure he's Mm -hmm. always wanted me to be a tester, but and one time he he, you know, I I said, "Well, I don't really. I'm not really that guy." And uh, anyway, so one day I kind of. Do you think there's
0: a way we could fix it? Fix what? Like, do you think there's a way to like, uh, like if you fail, you have to wait three months or something like that? You know what I mean? Or no, or like if there there has to be a wait period in between certified and the journeyman.
1: No, you just quit being nice to people. You know? Yeah. <laughs> don't don't I mean, tell them they almost made it. Tell them, like, go home and make bar shoes. You know, really. Yeah. Go home and make some bar shoes. Make a whole five-gallon bucket or ten gallons. of, Make a bunch of bar shoes. Then come back. You know? I still,
2: mean, also, like, you could be totally nice to somebody. They're still going to think you're hurting their feelings. You, that you are hurting their feelings because you were just being honest with them. And, really, it was the nice thing to say. Like, you need to just go practice some more horses bar shoes yeah you know yeah. it's unfortunate it is that way right now
1: well so
0: were you, did you do any competing in between that chunk that like
1: i just i just did like the arkansas contest we had a contest every so often and i would get into that and and uh but it was just you know just the folks around here a few regular people and we'd do stuff and go but i practiced up when i went i was i'm not I wasn't necessarily ready to win, but I wasn't gonna like not have my shoes done in time you know and, yeah uh, yeah, but I learned back like so the guys that taught me this was like a long time ago you, we learned like backwards so you 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 ever see anybody scroll a horseshoe where they did it from the heels and to the toe like you did the heel mm-hmm. first and then you yeah. the last thing you do is make a toe bend and yes yeah, yep. so i that's how I learned to make horseshoes and it's terrible, really. Yes, I got a lot of bad. I had a, developed a lot of bad habits, and I still carry them on today somehow, <laughs> because I got them ingrained. All that practicing, I practiced doing the wrong stuff mostly. And so, yeah. yes, yeah.
0: Because it's a lot of like, you aren't really using the horn, are you? You're just kind of using no, the No, no, it like we had flat
1: thing. horns. We had flat horns on our anvils, you know.
2: Yeah, they weren't round.
1: Them old Lindsay anvils and stuff. Y'all, y'all ever heard of Jim Lindsay? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, he was from Arkansas. He was like the main guy from Arkansas back in the day. He was I talked to him on the phone one time but he'd gotten killed before I ever met him. But he made mm. this anvil, it was a big old flat horn anvil and it had a big old swoopy point on the end of it. Have you ever seen one? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. They're not for making horseshoes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe stopping a door open or something. I don't know. They gonna, they're gonna be <laughs> mad at me around here when I say that, but yeah. yeah. Do they have like a super skinny face too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, about three and a half inches, something like that. Big old yeah. long deal so you could whoop shoes on there, cold on the back. Yeah. But the the people that made horseshoes around here was the gated horseshoes. So yeah. that's who Ooh. had to make shoes because you couldn't buy gated shoes. I mean, yeah. old uh, Scott Scott Colson, he come out with a shoe bender and stuff, and he started putting shoes out. But for a long time, you couldn't buy gated horseshoes. So the guys who shod the padded horses, like the walking horses and stuff,
0: which mm-hmm. was big
1: in this part of the world, they uh they made shoes. So all the guys that I knew that made a lot of shoes in my younger life were walking horseshoers, And so they made walking horseshoes, you know, and like a heel cock, you flopped it over. You didn't stack it up. You just flop it over. Right. They still go.
0: they still do it
1: that way. Oh, yeah, yeah. It makes quite a heel yeah. call. I've never seen yeah. one break off. I don't know. I mean, no. it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just... They're ugly as sin, though. Well, the <laughs> horse don't care. You ever seen a walking horse
0: package? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I've nailed yeah. Up some of them on. Like, they are. Yeah. Like Yeah, like my, in my apprentice, we, we shod quite a few walking horses that were, like, yeah. nailing on G-bars and stuff. And it was... They were ugly horses yeah. <laughs> the horses yeah. went good of a man yeah no well, larry is clean out <laughs>
1: larry was a larry was a walking horseshoer the guy larry pierce i worked with okay and uh, but he was big on purdy like we didn't he he said none of your customers are gonna pick up their feet he said but they're all gonna walk up there and see if it looks good or not and, yeah. and oh, yeah. I'm back to the TIG weld and I'm like oh yeah I like it to shine up let's get it done and so <laughs> yeah. everything was finished nice and like if he made a big package and stuff it all blended nice and everything everything was good and, you know and the shoes would generally look as nice as you can make them shoes I mean he did a good job yeah, yeah. But uh.
0: So where, when did you first
1: see your first like guy really forging well, my my real first to it, it was uh, down there at Shreveport Emerson's. Now I'd seen okay. guys down there at clinics make a shoe or something, you know, but it was not really contest shoers. But yeah. Emerson down there, and I don't remember the year, but they had a silver team also. Y'all yep. y'all heard of that? Oh, yeah. So the 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 gold team though was Craig and uh, Jim Quick and. Uh, Let's see. Crazy. Was it Clark Milster, and Austin Edens, okay. and then Jim Poor was commentating for them, or com- is that the word? Jim Poor would talk for them. so they would work and they would go, and uh, and then the Silver <laughs> Mark, Team was there also. Be great. <laughs> oh, it was amazing. So that's when I met Cecil Buffalo. Y'all met him? Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so Cecil, um, we may have met before, but I don't really remember. We're sitting beside each other, and these guys. Like, they were practicing for Calgary, I think. And they made a pair of tongs and made a horseshoe in less than an hour. And Craig hollered out, what are we going to do with the other 15 minutes? And I was like, (laughs) me and Cecil were just sitting there awestruck. And they were doing stuff. And I was like, oh, my good God, I want to do that. You know, I just couldn't believe it. It was amazing. And they were all on top of their game. Now, Austin, he 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 had just turned 21. Like so he was pretty young still. But I mean yeah. they were they were about it. And uh anyway, they got all done, whatever and they used to have a lot of hands on deal. I don't know if they do that too much in clinics anymore, but the clinicians would do stuff and then they just everybody disperse and you'd go work on a horse or do something, you know, and, and people would do it then. It's yeah. not it doesn't seem to be that way anymore. Everybody wants to
0: no, they say hands on, and then maybe like two people
1: will yes. start working. Well, then and everybody else
0: got and the maybe it was in just because it
1: was that group of fellas and people followed them around. Anyway, they said well, well, let's go do hands on. Well, the team guys somewhere during the deal had shod the front of one horse, or they shod one foot of the horse with three eighths for one, and uh, they didn't do the other foot. I don't remember what the deal was. But they didn't do the other front foot, for whatever reason. You know, they were doing – maybe they had to make something else, some kind of Calgary practice. They were doing one one foot and do something else. And they said, who wants to shoe this other front foot here? I said, well, hell, I do. They said, well, all right. And I said, this guy here is going to help me. And old Cecil, bless his heart, <laughs> he, he turned all pasty pale and stuff. I said, let's go. And so we, we took him out there and we got the team shoe on one side, three-eighths for one. I'd never – the only 3-8-1 stuff I built was supposed to get real big, you know. You, wasn't, you didn't draw it out or anything. It was supposed to be 3-8-1. <laughs> but big heel cocks and stuff, you know. And anyway, we start we start to go, we're going to strike. And neither one of us had struck before and found a sledgehammer. And that didn't work none. It was a terrible out <laughs> here. And he asked, he said, well, how long do you, how long do you think we're going to cut it? And I went over and I measured. I took my ruler and I measured across and the corner and stuff. I said, 11 inches. And so I go over and cut 11 inches. Did, did you
0: have any reference at all? Yes.
1: Yeah. So Cecil said, he said, how do you know that? I said, Ain't <coughs> watching everything they did today. They cut 11 inches. I said, it didn't matter what they was making. They made a part you out of 11 inches, I guess. I said, 11 inches. And anyway, we, we whooped her out there. And it, it turned out all right. I mean, not really probably, but kind of all right. Austin come by. He said, well, that's all right. He kind of said, well, we need to straighten this up a little bit there. <laughs> well, they had spiked them nails like that high. Well, uh-huh. oh, hooters oh, going to spike nails too, by God. I I punched them pretty <laughs> coarse, and I drilled them, boy. And it's a like white horse, right? It had a white foot, and it was Dude, leaking queen. blood out of the top. Like, I didn't <laughs> notice that when I was <laughs> – like, it was bleeding. <laughs> and then, of course, everybody's coming around looking because it was the team's horse, and they're like, oh, they quicked that horse. They quicked that horse. I'm like oh, – Oh, thinking oh, it was yeah, no, they didn't do it. I did it. <laughs> and old <laughs> Mark Milster, he'd come by there and help me not quick him and drove another nail for me. But, I oh, man. I mean, not quick him until he was bleeding out of the top. It was embarrassing. I mean, not really. <laughs> I was trying to do
0: it.
2: You can't fault the guy for wanting to try and no, get better. No,
1: I'm, I'm ready to be on the team right now, by God. When I, I seen that, I was like, I want to go put me in coach. I don't smoke. Hell I'm yeah. ready. <laughs> <That was funny. laughs> anyway, three-eighths by, three... three by one, I
0: got this. Do no, what? You're three-eighths by one, I got no. this. I got this. I'll get these up nails up there.
1: <laughs> I got give me 11 inches. <laughs> oh,
0: man. Mine
1: pretty much looks the same besides the blood part. <laughs> yeah, other than the blood part, yes. Yeah, pretty much just like that, boys. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Put me on gold theme. <laughs> but anyway, I'm <laughs>
1: I was off and running then I was I was bound I was just one that's all I want to do is build shoes and do stuff from then on and and uh and thank goodness oh, like I, I wasn't I wasn't really a good spot and I had young kids and you know family and stuff and uh so I couldn't afford to go and do like contests all over you know and then Craig started his deal and the first place they went was Shreveport I said well mm. hey I'm gonna have some of that so yeah. I go and sign up in division three as I'm like, well, I'm a journeyman should be in three had no idea. No, I got smacked down. It was terrible, <laughs> but I was done signed up and, uh, Raleigh and Jake Engler, I think they tied for first place or something. They was like right there in the top. I'd never, uh-huh. I'd met Riley before it, uh, at Dusty's house a long time, but, uh, anyway, Desiato, right? Yeah. Riley Desiato. I'm sorry. And, uh, Anyway, that everybody was there, and it was cool, and met Travis and Travis Coons and Billy Reed and all those guys, and I don't know if they were really nice to me or they just thought I was the, like a retard kid, So, but they let me <laughs> hang around, you know, I got to know them. Yeah. But then, then the next contest was in Colorado, you know, and I'm like, well, that's not, that's not my range, you know. And Ross Emerson, that was Dilton's son, he was pushing those ambles, and he told me, he said, hey, I'm going to go out there to Colorado at Durango. He said, I'm going to go out there and take a truck. You can ride out there if you want, if you want to enter that contest. Oh, sweet. And I'm like, well, all righty then. And me and a fella named Shannon Hamilton, we load up went. And, uh, boy, I was off and running in.
2: Hooters going to Colorado.
1: Hooters, I, I went to Colorado. I went everywhere for five years. Five yeah. meter, I got the bug. I, I didn't miss a one for five years. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that, we went and went. Do you remember
0: what the shoes were at the first one you went to at streetport Hard. Hard.
1: Hard. <laughs> yeah, we had to make Tool and Fuller and put on a foot. I'm like, what? Oh, fuck. What? Yeah. Nobody even knew what Tool and Fuller was.
2: Like, you hadn't made I one mean, up to that point, huh?
1: Well, no, I made a bunch practicing. I mean, we went and learned okay. and whatever and built a block. Like, I was going to say, you, you couldn't just buy a block at that no, time. No, no, no. I went to a... So, do you all know Jeff Ridley? You ever heard of him?
0: Yeah, yeah, I've heard of him. I don't, yeah, I've him and Craig was
1: partners at the time, and I, I met him. Oh, he had done a clinic for us in Arkansas, and I'd met him at at the super clinic. We went to the super clinic also. And, oh, okay. uh, anyway, so Jeff, he, I went to his house in Iowa. He lived in Iowa, and he helped me build a block. And, boy, we was off. But anyhow, <laughs> you can imagine but not anybody already knew how to do tool and footer. I mean, the team guys, some of them had done a little bit, but not really. Yeah. And, uh, and then it, you know, and I don't know what all else they had to do, bar shoes and stuff. I can't – but.
0: It was, it was above your pay grade at the moment, well, though. Huh? I mean, I, I got all done.
1: And, you know, he didn't bleed. I didn't bleed that one. I did better now. I learned not to do that crap. But, uh, <laughs> you
2: did know, you end up having some uh, success in those five years? That kind of kept you hooked. Yeah, yeah. I
1: I won a little bit along, you know, and uh, like in uh, 2010, I won division three and won the striker of the year. You know, stuff like that. And I I did a little bit of good, but you know. Did they give out shoe out of the rig that you won? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they
2: did give out rigs then too.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a, I got a stone. I got actually, I have the last Stonewell. That uh, w- was over. What was that guy? Oh man, I was feel like Brent. Uh, yeah, Brent, Brent ever had anything to do with it? He had sold no, the company, and then but he came back and and kind of was overseeing that or whatever. It was funny because we'd been there for. have Y'all ever got one of them? No. Well, it takes like all day to get it. So we're sitting there and and getting getting things ready and uh, this the guy come out. He said. Hey, Hooter, could you come in the office here for a little bit? I said, sure. So I went in there, and he said, like, they got this thing on my truck and everything ready. He said, you know, uh, man, I don't even know your name. <laughs> he, said, he, said, he said, we're giving you this deck of $10,000 you would rig, it. I don't know who you are. <laughs> uh, I'm going to need some information. <laughs> I said, well, all right. <laughs> anyway, but they had a big old uh, barbecue and stuff for us. And, oh, it was neat. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Oh, Lloyd Clayton went out there with me. Y'all know Lloyd? Oh, yeah. On. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Lloyd's a good guy.
1: Yeah, he's yeah. done got a job now. Do you know that? Really? No. Not shoeing horses? No, he's still shoeing horses, but he's a state livestock inspector. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know okay. what he does either. I went and saw him one time at a sale strong
0: arms people. That's what he
1: does. I can no, see. He, if he Lloyd just,
0: got out of the truck and had an official shirt on and a notebook, I think I'd start running.
1: Oh, he has a computer. Just right away. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, he has a computer. That's all I seen him do, typing the computer. They run the <laughs> cows through and other guys did stuff with their ears and whatever, but Lloyd typed on the computer and he's, he's like, whoo, it's hard life here.
2: <laughs> the only only thing I know about livestock inspectors from what I've seen off the show Yellowstone. Oh, Yeah they got guns and they're shooting people and no that, that <laughs> didn't, appear, what, that like didn't that. appear to be what lloyd's doing
1: he, he, <laughs> he wasn't rough did he get a gun it. no i don't think he got a gun no no i mean it no, might he be a little go, far
2: from the truth on the television show
1: well they go around <laughs> and check the sale barn, and check see if they got brucellosis tags and you know keep up with breeding stock cattle and you'll have to ask him all about it i don't know but uh
0: He's told me more
1: than I ever really thought I needed to know about livestock inspecting. I don't have any livestock, so... Don't, don't yeah. need
0: it inspected any time No, soon. I don't need it. I got a little
1: dog that we can inspect Lola. She, she's not too rough.
0: <laughs> so you, you've kind of gone down the forge, forging rabbit hole even
1: since you stopped competing, though, huh? Oh, I never. Once I got the bug, I've been... And I, even before then, I liked doing blacksmithing and stuff and whatnot, and forging. I just... I just like metal I like I like being in the shop I like beating on stuff and, you know mm-hmm. like swinging a hammer especially a sledgehammer oh, oh, oh. Like you like that. swinging a sledgehammer absolutely yes
2: he's striker of the year
1: man yes but I don't like I don't like tooling fuller than match play yes that seems a that's little a silly that's a little silly seems a little silly <laughs> yeah god yeah. dang <laughs> y'all been in that not Have with y'all... tool and fuller oh yeah, not... well yes yes that's how <laughs> i kind of ripped my arm i think my right arm it went awry from that i mean it's, it's all striking out tool and fuller
0: but... was well, that yeah. what did it happen the year that
1: you were doing striker of the year yeah 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 they were doing that <laughs> tool and fuller match play crap i mean you remember
2: what it got the time got down too.
1: too too fast yes too very fast, fast. <laughs> too fast. Yeah, that was before they were doing eagle eye, and they were actually making nice shoes, and uh, oh, yeah, you just had to make a horseshoe, a nice horseshoe. Yeah, they wasn't the eagle eye. It was just you, be, you make a good, you make a good front or whatever, and go. I mean, it was fast. I, I don't see. Know.
2: Didn't necessarily you know. need to fit. I see.
1: Well, you know, I don't know, but it it just and were you striking well, you could, every you, round? Well, I mean, I wouldn't strike every round, but like, you know. You'd have to go pretty regular, and you'd do mm-hmm. a tool of fuller and just bashing stuff out, you know. Yeah. But you wouldn't – so you wouldn't – so somebody who made just a crappy old shoe that fit couldn't beat you if you made a nice shoe, you know. It was about making nice shoes more then. And it it wasn't really a, a kind of a crap shoe, like, you know. Not many Division One guys were winning much in the match play then, you know. Right. And oh, yeah. Right. It was – so that's probably uh, where
2: they kind of got the sl- uh, the slack, I guess, between, uh, well, these shoes aren't necessarily being made for feet. Why are we making them this fast? So they probably switched well, it over to Well, you still had to make a nice shoe. A I
1: mean, you were judged, like, you judged each whether you had to make a front shoe or a hind shoe, you know. I mean, it still had to be a, a nice whole. shoe. And, and you just, right. You know, I mean, but it had to be a nice shoe. That, that mm-hmm. was the whole deal. I think that was the whole purpose behind it all was to get to where you, you can make nice shoes. Real fast, you know, and, and then it just started, it's just it gone crazy, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's th- pretty
0: wild now. Now you can measure.
1: Yeah, yeah. They had done a little so bit of like, that it's before. It's pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. But are you going to make a, a real nice shoe to fit a foot in 11 minutes and it's a tool in fuller or something? I mean, probably, maybe, but. <laughs> probably, yeah. You know. <laughs>
0: Soon as Tough. you say it can't, it's impossible. If someone else no, does it. no,
1: I didn't say that not at all. No, yeah. doing seven minutes, I know. But if, <laughs> yeah. if your guy wins that you struck for, guess what? You got to turn around and do it again. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know he he don't want to tag in a new striker right here in the finals. Right, he's done made no. twelve rounds. Hey, come well, on! That's dude, like the thing now. It's time. like.
0: It seems if you want to win Striker of the Year, you have to go to every single contest and you have to strike pretty much every single well, that, go.
1: now that had that was that was true also. We did the match play didn't count for Striker of the Year, so, but if you were striking, you just was that guy. But you still had to strike every go. You yeah. know. <clears throat> and like, because if you didn't, if if you took off one go any time during the year, you couldn't catch up. You couldn't let you yep. you know if you got behind one I know the the very first year so uh once we kind of started and we realized what what it took, you gotta just go every round well Todd Walker and I were going every round, and Daniel Jones had got one one round behind right hmm. earlier in the year, well, he never could catch up, you know, and then uh you know we got down to florida and i about died off and i had to drop out but uh and todd won and daniel got second and i got third that year but uh you know that's the way it is in the in the striker of the year if you take one round off like you get a bellyache and got to go to the bathroom or need a hamburger or something you didn't win the striker of the year they still like that pretty much yeah yeah.
0: I think it's a harder thing to win than people realize that it's like it's a ton of freaking work doing every oh, single Oh, it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's way cheaper to go
1: buy your own chewing rig. Yeah. Way cheaper to buy a chewing rig. <laughs> yeah. And, and you don't get the black lung so bad, because boy you, back in the day it was in the tent, you know. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. that's what happened in Florida. They had uh so they had their all the forges lined up, you know, ten forges. And mm-hmm. for some reason, Craig got another tent to do clinics in you know like some people are doing clinics but they put it up right behind that tent right behind the forges and so the five forges in the center had that other tent behind them and so there was no air in there and I got I did like four goes in a row in that middle section I just drawed bad oh shit oh man I fell out it was terrible it's tough oh just in I the oven florida i got died out yeah yeah it was it was hot and nowhere anyhow Wan wan wan. but todd walker <laughs> done a good job daniel got second they did great wasn't nothing <laughs> you know i'm not taking nothing from them but we yeah, had it see, all dreamed that we had it all they had all figured out how he's going to do a tiebreaker because it looked like me and todd was going to win first year and uh so they had to only have one truck body you know he's, you only get one so they were they were going to have like i forget like three minutes in a certain section of bar stock and whoever drew it out the longest was going to be the striker of the year like that that was going to be the tiebreaker best i can remember <laughs> or something like that
0: that's what it was going to come down it to was,
1: it was coming down to that till i about had a heat stroke and died right there at the last day oh I dang i couldn't that's I couldn't, a boomer. Oh well, I did a good job. I got one. Took me a few years. I took a year off or two, and 'cause Daniel won it the next year, then Chris Madrid, he didn't want it, and then I said, well, I better get back again. I pulled up my breeches and went back to it. Yeah, <laughs> got it done. Got her done. You've been making a bunch of tongs lately. I have been making tongs. Yes. What What started you down that? Well, I've always made tongs and stuff. I like making tongs and blacksmithing and stuff. <clears throat> yeah. But, you know, do what? My wife's hollering at me in the background.
2: Uh oh. <laughs> in
1: trouble. Oh, yeah. Well, my wife, sometimes I get in trouble. I have to go out in the shop anyway. She's, she's yeah. mad at me. and I can't stay in the house. No more. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, so I then went up, uh, you know, Dalton Thompson. They had a little mm-hmm. deal in Missouri. And I went up there and did like a little class kind of thing for like ten of their ten of him, their buddies and stuff and we all oh, took yeah, a bunch yeah. of lives. Yeah, we made tall. I think you did one there, Raleigh, didn't you?
0: Yeah, I did yeah. a clinic there a while back. Yep. Yeah.
1: With Eli and them. Yep. Yeah, so I went up there and uh, <clears throat> It was I like did right it. I
0: did it did you do it at the Amish place?
1: No, I did it at Eli's house. We just did it at his shop. Okay. Everybody pulled their rigs out and stuff and anyway. Okay. So, I took all the lollipops and whatnot, and, and they, uh, well, we made tongs, whatever. And Dalton said, well, how many tongs do you reckon you made in your life? I said, well, I don't have any idea. I mean, I had no idea. I have reordered rivets like three times, you know, and there's 100 rivets minimum, right? And That's uh, a lot. Something. And anyway, so I said, but I don't have all I need. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, like in my shop. Like, yes, you know, I don't have every kind of tong you could possibly want. You know, I, so yeah. I still got to make tongs. I, You know, and I still like to learn to make them better and stuff. And daltons he's a deep thinker. <laughs> he said, well, what if you made a pair of tongs every week this year? Look how many tongs you'd have. And, well, I pondered on that for a little. I didn't just jump right on that deal. But then I decided, well, by golly, I, I think I'm going to do that so every week i've been making tongs and uh I, I still don't have do any you make,
0: do you make the same style each time or di- no, something different no. each time
1: i started well i i make i make depends on what i'm doing like you know sometimes i'm working on the you always got to work on the horseshoe and tongs right that seems to be the main factor so you do a lot of them but i like to do like the the, the gooseneck tongs and just whatever I need tongs you know, but i whatever you know but no I do don't you remember
2: who tongs. the do you remember who the first person that you learned how to make tongs was from
1: yes, I do, so that I was at uh Scott Colson's shop and uh he lived in Mississippi somewhere he's the guy that made the the walking horse shoes, right remember I told you about that yeah he had a big shoeing deal with well, Jim poor and uh Bruce Daniels. Made a pair okay. of tongs. And I'd never seen it like that. I mean, and Andy Hitt was sitting right by me then. And, oh, man, we were just glued in. It was freezing cold. And they made them tongs, and I just, like, awestruck. Andy was, too. Y'all met Andy Hitt? I have No. Heard. Oh, he's a wonderful man. He lives in Texas. Wonderful fella. Okay. You get the chance to be around Andy Hitt, you, you need to do that. He's a wonderful fella. He's an older guy, but. Anyway, so that's the first time I ever saw tongs made like that, and it was, it was Jim Poor and Bruce Daniels and boy that was that was neat and oh uh Scott, he had gas forges like natural gas forges, so we had a hands on deal after, and I decided to make a bar shoe. well, a natural gas forge doesn't get really hot you know Mm-mm. I don't know if y'all ever worked in one they just it was just like uh Spanish lake forges, but they ran off natural gas and it wasn't quite as hot and nobody had any flux because <laughs> so i was looking it was around because
2: uh, huh? it was a tongue making clinic right
1: no it wasn't really a tongue making clinic they just made tongs it was a horseshoe clinic
2: but oh, okay uh,
0: but there anyway, wasn't really like a commercial flux at that time though was there
1: like oh they had sure i imagine but nobody okay. had any you know because it just wasn't common for people to jump out there and make bar shoes that much so I was looking around and I had been to some knife making stuff and I'd seen them soaking those billets in oil, you know, or I thought it was always kerosene, you know, and I was it's like, kerosene. hell, I said, uh, well, you can well with WD 40. I saw some WD 40 <laughs> and they said, you, you can't well with WD 40 Hooter. I said, yes, you can. Well, and just a minute we started betting. I said, I bet I can. Well, the money started coming and Bruce Daniels, they threw in money. I bet I had thirty dollars bet against me. And I was taking them all, boy. And <laughs> anyway, I got I got the shoe hot, and I was going to flux it. So I held it up. I said, Nugget, I'm going to flux it." And they were all just—I—I I was sold it pretty hard. And I sprayed that WD-40 on that hot shoe and was showing them all. I burned all their eyelashes off and their mustaches. Oh, and they were laughing. They said, "You can't do it." They were so funny. I had to pay the thirty dollars, back. <laughs> I, I, they didn't even know I was, <laughs> burned their eyelashes and stuff. They were so <laughs> glad about winning. They didn't know I was burning them up. Oh, yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. If you can't have a little fun, what can you do? But, no, we didn't make bars. I don't know if you can weld it with wd I couldn't. Not, the against, have, not, not that kind of – no, no.
0: You ought to try <laughs> it again one but day. But I sold her real
1: good, yeah. Probably in propane you could or coke. Oh yeah, but, Coke for sure. Yeah, but you <laughs> can thin out a crowd with a can of WD-40 and a hot bar shoe, buddy. You can spray it around. That'll get. Them. <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's the first time I saw tongs made like that weren't like blacksmith guys' tongs or something, you know.
2: Yeah. And, uh,
0: because there's a pretty decent like blacksmith group around Arkansas, isn't there?
1: Well, over in Texarkana, we have the Four States Iron Munchers, and we have a lot of people you know members and stuff and whatnot yeah they they do have a lot of people but there's not really very many advanced blacksmiths in it you know you got a a handful that can uh you know do a lot of hammer make well you know they're not hardly any full-time blacksmiths in it you know Yeah. yeah it's just hobby guys but several of them may like to make hammers and Stuff and tongs and whatnot. We make stuff. I go there and when it's not golf season, but yeah. can't go now because it got a golf. Did you ever,
2: you ever get to spend much time around like Jay Sharp?
1: Yes, yes, I got spent a good bit of time around Jay Sharp, and uh, enough that he was a Jay was just a sweetheart of a guy. I don't know if y'all know him. No, no, oh, he was not either. really. That was a lie. He he yeah, was mean I was to me. I've snake. heard I've heard other yes, things. Yes, he was he was mean to me especially because I would be mean back to him and he liked that. So, <laughs> yeah, I had to, almost had to get a skin graft on my knee from him. Beat me with that freaking cane. He swapped me on really. The his chin, not really a skin graft, but I mean, he would hit me with that <laughs> cane a lot. <laughs> Just
2: getting after it.
1: Oh man, he he was yes, yeah. I knew Jay quite well. I like Jay. That's I think cool. you're gonna see him
0: make any tongs.
1: I never saw him make tongs, no. No, I, I oh. saw him well, – by the time I got to know Jay, he, he had uh, – you know, he wasn't really – he was still Jay, and he still knew everything real good. And, he, and if he told you something, you needed to really listen. But he, but he didn't – you know, it was kind of later in life, you know. And uh, yeah, he was still doing stuff, but he did it at home, and he took his time. And he's an amazing craftsman oh man i got one Super of these shoes right there on my wall right there well two of them oh, yeah 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 that's yeah, pretty cool,
2: cool. Yeah. yeah
0: so what have you how many pairs of tongs have you made now just since i made started 30 doing this one a week?
1: i made 30 this year so
0: that's a pretty good chunk right
1: there oh yeah, yeah. and i think i have two of them because that deal about me filling my shop up, that didn't go very well. No, i not very <laughs> well at all. Everybody needs tongs. They like, you know, hey. Yeah. Especially when you
0: start make? making them that much. Oh, so yeah, people, all yeah. of a sudden, you got friends coming out we of the woodwork. got friends so. everywhere. And
1: they, hey, come make tongs with us. And then, you know, you go somewhere and you take some to show them what you're going to build. Then you build some and then maybe you build another pair. And how many you get to bring home? None. <laughs> you know, Oh, Exactly. Yes. So I don't have many more tones than I started with, but I made a (laughs) bunch.
0: What what are some things that you've learned just in this chunk?
1: Oh, the part where the rivet goes needs to be really flat. Yeah. Really Really flat. flat. That's the main thing, you know. And so I was up in Missouri a few weeks back, and a boy named Rob. From England, he lives in Oklahoma. He, he had, had a sheep pair shear. of, Chris. huh? Yeah, over, he's a sheep over, shear. Rub, rub. He said, "My name is Rub." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What are you rubbing on?" <laughs> rub, rub. <I> said, <laughs> anyway, he had some Madrid tongs, you know, and and I know Chris, yep. known him forever, but I was really looking at them tongs, and they were wonderful, you know. I mean, oh yeah, Chris, and that's the main. I mean, all the other stuff. You know the offset and everything but to make them really go you got to really get that part right and that's what that that's a big a big thing and you know in micro progressing that part really has to be flat
0: there's so much going on right around that rivet yes yeah. just in that spot yeah like it has to be flat but also has to have enough clearance from the other jaw
1: Right, your top, bottom, side, and all that stuff. But, but that's kind of a gimme. You can tell that locked up. But when you get them and they, yeah, they start working and they don't work, and you're like, what is that? What is that? Well, they gotta be flat right there.
0: And are you are you locking your rivet on one side?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't ever do it,
0: but. <laughs> like, but they do have they do have to be flat like even if I'm going to make yeah. a pair of hammer finished tongs I, I file that inside
1: oh yeah yeah I do just, you just you got a set used, hammer or something I got you a you set hammer or? yeah I just got a set hammer to be real close but I may file them if that's what we do I mean I'm trying to learn that's
0: the first the first time I saw tongs made like uh, I saw them made in horseshoe in school a little bit but then I got a horseshoe school, I went to a Shane Carter clinic and Shane made a pair and he was oh, yeah. like he carried on for about a solid five minutes of how big of a deal it is to have a flat boss. It's and a big deal. He sat there filing on that thing and making and like making sure is absolutely perfect. Yeah. And so do you, know, you do you use a bolt first when you set the tongs up?
1: No, I have a rivet on a stick. And so what? A rivet on a stick you don't have a rivet What's on that? a stick a rivet on a stick <laughs>
2: oh so you can just set it in there and then like
1: no i got a rivet welded to a, a piece of quarter inch stock you know like a stick and so yeah, okay. you drop the rivet drop the rivet with the stick on it in the Hardy hole or in the pritchell hole and you just set yeah. them on top there and
2: oh you can just see if they work
1: yeah and you can adjust them and you can just spin it around like that too i can't help doing that I've hurt myself several but times. Is that
0: how time. you adjust, like, to adjust them for the thickness?
1: Well, you get them the stock like is this. with the. Well, you put them on there and see, and if you if it's not going to work, you just take them off and, you know, adjust the head a little bit, whatnot, and you get them real close, and then, you just put them on there and take them off. You get ever how many tries you need, because just you just, it just weld you a rivet onto a piece of quarter inch. Or something round or square. Yeah, I'm with long. you, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, and then you can drop it in a hardy hole. And, and it will interesting. Yeah, and then also, <laughs> though, the main thing is, is you get to put it in a – put it in the tong once you punch it and make sure it goes and you spin it around. And, oh, it's fun. I, I, I have no – I live in South Arkansas. We don't get out much. So, you spin and it <laughs> And Sometimes you sling it off and hurt people when they're around. Sometimes it burns you. I mean, this is not a safe sport, but <laughs>
2: it's the risk least... we take,
1: huh? The risk it's we the risk yeah. we Ribbon take. on a stick, yeah, that's hey. my... I've done that so much my rivet has actually bent. My rivet <laughs> on a stick is not straight anymore. I've done spun not, not
0: that accurate. Not that oh, boy, accurate.
1: just just spinning around so much has bent the rivet. It's embarrassing. Like did the actual you... did
0: you come up with that yourself, or did you see that someone do that?
1: Well, I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if I came up with that or not. I may have I seen think somebody. Think you did. Well, I mean, I've people put seen nails, anybody do it? People put nails, you know, the bra, you know, brazed nails on little pieces of rods so you can check your nail holes, and not burn oh, your yeah. fingers and stuff. I mean, yeah, it's like that's where you got it from. Maybe about two or three times after burning my finger, dropping it in a rivet hole, and I said, "Well, I should weld that on a stick." I don't know. I've just always done that. I I didn't know if I, I don't know if I weld if I learned that or. I invented it. I don't. I probably did not invent it. I, never, I don't know. I've, it, I've
0: never seen anybody do it.
1: Oh. Because, like, I, I know invent- that's
0: a. Like, money bolts his together.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he, he'll. Uh, and he, at
0: least he last night, and he'll fit them all up, and then he'll pull the The bolt sacrificial, and he pulls it yeah. out, and then he actually
1: rivets them, and they're, they're good to oh, go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, don't that's, oh, I got. I did not invent the Tong Magic 2000, though. I got a contraption I made. I didn't invent that. What did you that? name it? The Tong Magic 2000. <laughs> what so, is it? Well, I'm not not good at hitting that notch with a cross pin, So I made this contraption. Okay. It's got a bar going 90 degrees of the handle, and it's hinged, and it's got two tabs on it, and you lock it. You can snap it onto your tongs and hang it over the horn and hit that bar, and it knocks it down and gets you offset. Oh, it's amazing. I'll send you a picture of it. It's the Tong yeah. Magic 2000. Not, not, <laughs> there's only two people I know have one. Is me and Ben Mangan. And I sent him one because he was going to Calgary and they wouldn't let him use a bottom tool. And yeah. I, so I said, well, I think I know we can make that work. And I don't know that he ever used his. He practiced with his crossbeam until it worked. And I just made the rivet on the, I mean, the Tong Magic 2000. I said, well, I don't need to practice now. I got this. Do you still do it that way? Absolutely. I have a hardy. I do it on one way, and then I do the other thing. Yeah, I can't hit it with a cross bean too good. It's, you miss. I mean, not you, I know, but I, you, you, I probably ought to work that out. But I, I'm 30 tongs in now. I don't want to back up.
0: It's 30. really it's really hard to hit it in the same spot. I yeah, use multiple cross beans.
1: Yeah, I got the Tong Magic 2000. Yeah, you the don't have bit. to practice. Yeah, I don't have to practice. I got it. <laughs> My Hardy deal, Magic two thousand. My Hardy deal, I got this uh like a round Hardy, and uh I have a little jig on it that goes an inch and it turns up, and you and you you hit it and it makes a notch, so you get your notch good and started. Okay. And it's always an inch. It's always one inch notch, and so I don't have very variations in my boss that much. You know, as long as you yeah, your step down is good. <clears throat> I mean.
0: So you you're never mar- so the are do your shoulders ever come out a little uneven?
1: Well, a little bit, I mean, but that's just but from the But they're pretty forwards. consistent. Yeah. You, you can Yeah, cuz you mark. Know, I would you think march. they would be. Yeah. Takes out I mean, some of the guessing. Well, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of stuff you have to guess and a lot of stuff you don't have to guess, you know? I mean, well, if you don't have to guess, I mean, it looks cool when you do, but when you don't you don't do it right; it looks real bad, you know. It's like guessing how much steel you need—like eleven inches and eleven inches, twelve. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's always eleven. It's always, always 11. eleven. Yeah, Yeah. Do <laughs> you, know? you plan on going and competing anymore? Well, I did. the – You know, I did the convention. I do the drafts and the convention some. And uh, yeah, I thought that. Yeah, me and. Me and Ben won second a couple years ago, Ben Mangan, and me and Mike Augustine did it this year, but we didn't have much luck and uh You Mike like Martin that class. It. Oh I like that. I mean I like to go to convention and compete. I, I don't really I don't really wanna do the whole thing anymore too much. I mean that's a that's a pretty good slug fest, you know. Yeah. You gotta work up a lot, get it and I don't know. Yeah, the
2: draft going. class is a bit of a slug fest too.
1: Yeah, but it's just one, you know. You don't right. have to go again in fifteen minutes and do it again, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, I can make draft shoes, or you know, I like to make draft shoes. Kind of like making tongs. You got to have something, you know. Yeah.
0: And do you got a Do you have a power at home, or are you just? Oh yeah, I have a fifty pound you. little
1: giant. I got a okay. fifty pound little giant. Yeah. It's a smacker. So Say
0: you just got somebody slacking around on the sledgehammer at all times.
1: No, yeah, well that, yeah, I got that, yeah. I made a well, deal. Uh, out. I made a deal not too long ago. I should have done it years ago. I put a some. Uh, it's called something like a kiss block around my bottom die, yeah. so it only goes to five sixteenths, and uh, man, that speeds up all that tong making stuff because you can just wail on the handles and stuff and nothing ever gets smaller than five sixteenths.
0: Yeah, no, it's pretty, it's a, it's a guaranteed
1: way to be there. Is that what all your
0: tongs end up for thickness is five sixteenths?
1: No, but they don't get any smaller than that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, sometimes (laughs) I've before them, but I, they don't get any smaller than that. You know, that's Uh the handles. Yeah. Those
0: 50 pound little giants are pretty good for drawing out. tongs. Yeah
1: yeah i got a pair of the combination dies so i can yeah you know and you can Get round fast. them up on there with that you can roll them up oh, yeah and, yeah
0: yeah The machines haul butt i think like how many beats per minute is that thing do you know oh i
1: i wouldn't know i mean, a I mean, lot just enough just mash, i just mashed the lever boom 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 every <laughs> now and then, it was a breaker or something you know <laughs> i had to work on that for a while but <laughs> yeah, I don't focus too much on stuff I don't need to worry with, you know. Well, I know. It's like,
0: I think they're like 350 like
1: beats per minute.
0: Like it's they're they're hauling butt.
1: Oh, I don't run mine like that. Probably, <laughs> I'm not in that big a hurry. I bet you'd be surprised how fast yeah. it's going. Well, I don't just mash the lever down wide open all the time, you know. The That's smaller the, the hammer, though, the like the the 25 pounders run faster than the 50 pounders, yeah. you know. Have you got to run Jim Keith's big hammer? No. Oh. No, but I, I've
0: that's... I've ran a 250 pound little giant.
1: Yeah, he's got. Uh, I think, think he's altitude. a bit colic. Yeah, but it's nice, boy. You can. It's real. It's not real fast, but it's it's real smooth and stuff. You know, well, my hammer
0: runs at like 150 beats per minute. It's slow.
1: How heavy is it though? 400 pounds. Well, like there's a. <laughs> You don't want it going yeah, there's, there's, there's that. There's that going on. Yeah, yeah. I went it's, to Alabama.
0: It's slow. It's dirt slow. It's like.
1: Yeah. I went to Alabama uh, in the springtime. We do a deal out there, uh, Travis Fleming Shop, and they have a, I think it's a 250-pound hammer, and it's just got flat jaws on it, and yeah. I was doing a tong-making deal for them, And I was like, well, I'm drawing my blanks on that, you know. So I made my lollipops, and I noticed, like, the flashing, you know, it just kind of beat back down before you even knew it. And, well, that was, like, all sharp. I had to grind that mess off. It was going to be dangerous. You know, it looked smooth when I was forging it out, but it was like, whoa, this ain't going to work at all, you know.
2: (laughs) goodness
1: you know i'm flat, sure you
0: run flat into that dies whip your ass really be- pretty oh, bad terrible. on those things
1: no i was i didn't do i mean that was not an optimal thing for me at all i <laughs> I, I got it done but you know it's kind of neat running a big old hammer like that but oh, i don't know that i, I doing
0: so much stuff that same way that cause yeah. my like my bottom die is four inches by 10 inches
1: yeah that's that's similar to what this thing was it's huge yeah
0: so it's like two anvil faces just coming together (laughs) and i'm like you hit it it and it it squirts out
1: then you you hit it the other way and it seems like it squirted back
0: but then it had some overlap
1: you didn't notice oh dear when you start rubbing your hand up and down that for handles it's terrible
0: it's always funny watching somebody their first time run it because they aren't fully expecting it. And, like, it just brings the thunder on that first hit. It oh, yeah. just, just yeah. squishes everything out. They're like, whoa, whoa.
1: You been don't want to start off with a brand new, the, the real project, right?
0: No, you always hand them a piece of scrap first. So, yeah. like, just draw this out a little
1: bit, see what <laughs> happens. Yeah.
2: Did you get to spend much time with Jim Keith?
1: Oh, I've been around Jim quite a bit. Uh, not i'm not work with him a whole lot you know i've just been around him a lot and whatnot yeah been mm-hmm. over to the shop a time or two and you know just visiting more than anything not necessarily really working
2: uh, i see and, uh, i see yeah well tim something we uh like to ask our guests on the show is who are four people that we call it a Mount Rushmore. So it's like who are four people that you hold in high regard or respect that you think have contributed a lot to your life and your success in your life?
1: Oh, I, I couldn't even begin to just narrow it down to four. It had to be 40. I mean, I've had so many people we got help time. me. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just too much. I got, you know, everybody. I, I actually, in this, in this business, I have not. Run across anybody that didn't. If if you if if I put in the effort, they didn't help me back. You know, I mean, from the, the best fella in the world to the one that didn't do nothing. You know, it's just so many people have helped me. If I were to say, well, this guy or that guy, I would leave out so many people that I, I'd be ashamed to even do it. I mean, I mean, all the folks that everybody's mentioned before, I've I've been around most all of them. You know, and and they've all helped me. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I, I just it'd be just. I, I hate to just not try to do that, but I, I I just have too many people that have just had. Yours is one big mass of people. I have in the a whole big industry. mass. <laughs> I, I actually am like a village. Like there's there's been so many people. I mean, just if you if you name somebody, I've probably been there, and they probably have been a big part of my life at one time i've I've just been around everybody for so long and i mean i know you got like craig craig's done a tremendous lot you know but i mean then got just everybody i just you know what i'm saying i just couldn't really just
2: it is a hard question sometimes to pinpoint yeah it's terrible i I don't have
1: i don't really have like you know i started like with monty and then larry and and then it just grew and grew and grew, and to the point where, I mean, so many people I'd just call them, and I could go to their house, you know. I mean, uh, like Todd Walker has invited me to when they were having team practices, and go to Todd Walker's house, and then, you know, and uh, talk to Travis Coons and whatnot, and he helped me a lot. Every you know, Chris Madrid, I used to stay at his daddy's house, you know. I mean, I mean, how do you pick? How do you pick? You know, I've been at Craig's house and, you know, uh, Jake Engler, you know, and Gene Leisure has been a tremendous help to me because we got to be draft partners and and he showed me some inside circle stuff. That's what he called it, which (laughs) meant you you should pay attention to this. And then he'd tell me the same thing the next day because I didn't, you know. I thought I (laughs) was But, you know, I just couldn't do it right, you know. But there's just so much, I mean. I don't know. I, I just I don't have any four. I got forty, you know, and and then that you works. know all of them. And yeah, but but you guys are doing a great job. This is this is a wonderful thing. I know people tell you that. And look, I got both my thumbs. That's better than your last <laughs> guy. <right? laughs> Step up from our last guy. Yeah, my, <laughs> my teeth ain't very good from the bull riding, but my thumbs are all right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Got something going for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can
1: still sign my
0: name. And... You didn't but, lose your ass. You didn't lose your. ass. That's right. I got <laughs> didn't my ass. You lose your hooter. On. That's right. I got
1: caught on my hooter. Yeah. yeah. But, you didn't
2: yeah, lose your been... knees from Jim's uh Jay's cane.
1: That's right. Yeah. He uh he swatted me with him a bunch. But yeah, yeah, that was a wonderful <laughs> fellow, old Jay. I mean, he just wasn't nice about it, but he was. <laughs> he was a nice guy. He just did it the meanest that's... way he could possibly do it.
0: <laughs> those are some of my favorite people usually oh though. yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, they to, are i
1: seem to attract mean people you know and and i like them and everybody needs an asshole friend oh i got them like they might yeah. not most want people, them but they need them <laughs> most people think it's me i'm their asshole friend <laughs> i'm right there with you yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's usually my role as well <laughs> yeah. it's yeah, okay yeah. yeah well i'm sorry we about all got our parts <laughs> somebody's got to be that guy right exactly i guess exactly. shane he's gonna get him a cane and go around beating people now that jay's gone <laughs> yeah that's fine <laughs> yeah he craig, keep,
0: craig keeps us in line pretty well oh yeah craig craig <laughs> keeps reality
1: knocking yeah <laughs> he's
2: gonna have yeah. a big cane too how tall he is
1: oh yeah if Bodie ever needs one <laughs> it's gonna have to be a piece of pulpwood or something you know <laughs> that boy's not quit growing yet has he He'll need his own rebar punk just for carrying his caner. Yeah, yeah. Punk that rebar. Punk my cane, boy. (laughs) He can
2: get you from afar. Yeah. That's good.
0: But,
1: yeah. Well, Hooter, we appreciate your time very much. Man. Well, thank you. Thank you. I hope hope it's (laughs) tolerable.
2: Oh, yeah. Absolutely, man. We appreciate it.
1: All right. Thank you,
0: everybody, for tuning in and listening. And go check out Hooter's
1: Sweet Tong Shuffle.
0: Woo! We need to make that
1: go viral. Everybody get your tongs and do the dance in your shop. (laughs) You can do it. It's not that hard. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. All right. Y'all have a great
0: day.
2: Hey, guys. Do you like that Christmas morning feel of opening up a box, not knowing what's inside, feeling all sorts of excitement to find out what's inside? Well, let me tell you. You can feel that excitement every other month with a subscription to Farrier Box. Most farriers want to be competitive, whether it's attracting top-notch clients or winning contests. They take the tools and tricks of the trade used by today's top farriers and ship them to you so you have what you need to take your career to the next level. Go to farrierbox.com to start your subscription and use code BRAINS for 25% off Your first month's box. I repeat, use code BRAINS for 25% off your first order. I know I like receiving packages, but I like it even more when it's a surprise. But also knowing I'm getting cool tools and tricks from Farrier Box. There's nothing out there like it in today's world of farriery. So you might as well go and level up with Farrier Box. Go to www.farrierbox.com. And use code BRAINS for 25% off your first.